Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. Your host, Tara Kennedy Klein, is out to dispel that myth of the perfect child and encourage parents to let them out of the box. Each child is unique, and this show is just the place to stand up and shout out that fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. So right now, join the queen of accountability who advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. Here is your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to be joined by an amazing guest today. And uh, she's a lady who really has a lot in common with what I believe as far as positive parenting. Uh, my guest today is a lady named Maria Maranakis. And she has a website called 10minuteparenting.com, which I instantly fell in love with as a as a mom of two wild and crazy boys, you could imagine how I was drawn into that title. Um, but some of the things that I noticed about Maria were um, the lists on her blog, the, the types of things that she talks about on her blog are definitely positive parenting, and um, we get kind of what we put out there, which is something that I believe very strongly in. But one of the biggest draws for me was a subject that we're going to be talking about on the show today because it's one of kind of my favorite topics, and it's how to sleep your way to parenting success. <laughs> we're going to be talking about that towards um, the middle of the show, and um, we're going to be, Maria's going to be sharing some of her top tips that will virtually wipe out 75% of behavioral problems and also ways that stress is affecting our children's mental health. And I think right now with school just recently getting back in session and parents talking a whole lot about adult things in front of their kids, like the economy and the presidential election, I think it's really important that we realize that stressing our kids out might be something we should think about. So... I would love to get into the conversation. I have my cup of coffee sitting here, and I'm ready to chat with my friend, Maria. Hi, Maria. Hello, Miss Tara. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I, was, I have to tell you, I was so worried because I was at a conference this weekend, and I was doing a lot of talking, and I thought, oh, my gosh. My voice is going to be so gruff, I don't even know <laughs> if people are going to be able to recognize me. And then I realized that this is, like, cold and flu season, so I'm probably, like, the only person who has a voice right now. Um, so I, I want to apologize for the way I'm sounding. I'm not my normal, um, clear, high-pitched self. <laughs> so that might be a benefit to you. But, um, Maria, I am so excited to talk about um, the the topics that you have on your website. I love mm -hmm. reading your blogs. I think they're so great. I know you have the one on there of the little girl in front of her mirror. Of the mirror. Her, <laughs> oh my gosh. Her little positive affirmations. She's a teenager <laughs> now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I just see that. I just see that. Um, we, we watch Tosh Point Out. But um, so that's that's really the basis behind what you teach to parents. Oh yeah, to be to be positive. Um it's just amazing how much more you can get out of kids just on that positive level. They're little sponges. They want to learn. They they're eager and willing to please you. Um you just need to work it the right way. 
So. I love I love that you say that at any given time, we're only 10 minutes away from a great relationship with our kids. I'd love for you to tell our audience what you mean about that. Well, I, I think that we tend to, with all of the, our time management, and I know you mentioned stress at the at the beginning here, you know, we're so stressed out and we're trying to balance our lives, and there's really like no such thing as, as true balance. Um, we're off balance on purpose, I think. And, um, and when we try and compartmentalize and say, well, you know, I, you know, I've been working all day. I just picked up the kids. Now I have to uh, get dinner and, you know, organize and this. So I can't be bothered with the kids. You know, go do something else. I, I think that's actually, and that's where the 10-minute parenting thing came in, actually from my brother. Because he said, you know, you need to do something for those of us that are tired and stressed out and we get home and we're wiped out. And, um, and so I think a lot of times when I'm talking about relationship building, uh, parents envision, oh my goodness, now I have to set aside an hour or two to do the floor time thing with my kids and play. And hey, if you can do that, that's awesome and amazing and more power to you. But more often than not, we have daily life that happens, right? And we're lucky Mm -hmm. to get anything done. (laughs) So I really am a huge proponent of you know, instead of compartmentalizing your life, including your kids in your life. Like, for instance, uh, especially for me, I'm working with toddlers and age, you know, up to age six and um, and the entire gamut. But the thing is, that's family time. That's relationship time that, uh, you know, hey, if you're like, for instance, uh, my worst chore, I don't know, don't ask me why, is to empty the dishwasher. I have no idea why. If the dishes are clean, I can't stand it. I'll pile up the other dirty stuff until as I'm using <laughs> the things from the clean dishwasher. But when I have my little grandnephew there, it's all good because that's part of, you know, he's four. He loves to sort things. So he sorts the utensils. He pulls the stuff out. We count things. We sort things. We laugh about things. So you can incorporate your kids in those daily tasks and routines. And it might take you just a couple minutes extra, but the payoff is going to be so great and and the connections that you're building and the relationships that you're building. I couldn't agree with you more. I write about that, too, in um, Stop Raising Einstein, that sometimes we forget that the simple things that we do in life can be opportunities not always for teaching and not always for learning, but just for connecting. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I always, in the, when my kids were little, Maria, I was so proud of the fact that they could play independently. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, I, I was proud, you know, I could say, oh, well, I, I let him go play and, and he's a good independent player. And I really kind of owned that. But really what I was saying was I put him away to play with his stuff while I go and do chores. Right. And I very quick, quickly realized when our relationship started breaking down when they were, you know, six and seven years old and they weren't communicating with me anymore, that mm-hmm. in those moments when I was folding the laundry, to your point, I could have mm-hmm. helped, the, you know, they could have helped me pick out the socks or pick out the sheets yeah. or pick out the underwear, you know. How those fun were is moments that? when we should have yeah. been together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love that. 
it's fun for them. Might not be fun for us, but seeing their reactions can make it fun for us. So it's a win-win situation all around, like picking out the colors, helping them separate. Oh, how many pairs of pants do we have? Wow, that's a lot. You know, getting all the socks, you know, wow, how can we match up the socks? Does this one go with this one? You know, and and you do an obvious mismatch, and, of course, kids are so rule-oriented, they're going to be like, no, that doesn't go. Wow, how come? Help me find the other one. You know, so you make it fun, and, and you have a good time while you're doing it. And, I mean, those are just priceless opportunities, I think, uh, for I connection. I agree, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even things as simple as making dinner. Yes. You know, I always wanted my kids to be away from me when I was making dinner. Well, now I have a 13-year-old who wants to be a chef. Mm-hmm. He would be devastated if I wouldn't include him. And it's math, and it's, you know, all kinds of other things that we learn by incorporating our time together like that. so And that's when we're um, talking about, about things, too. I, you know, I use my little uh, grandnephew. I mean, since he was two and coming over and visiting, I have the little uh, two-step um, step stool. And whenever mm-hmm. I'm at the kitchen, whenever I'm at the counter doing anything, he's up there, you know. And, of course, <laughs> when he was smaller, he couldn't do as much. But even making his own sandwich, you know, first things first, we got to wash our hands, right? And then, you know, letting him put uh, the meat on or take the bread slices out. And, you know, if it's not perfect, who cares? You know, they're happy that they're doing something. It gives them a sense of accomplishment. Um, he's older now. He loves using the little hand mix. So I make up stuff for him to mix, even if I wouldn't need a mixer. We use it anyway because he likes it. And it's fun. What the heck, you know? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I I think it's amazing that we forget that the simple things that we do in life are the things that our children are experiencing for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I, when we're going to go to a break in about a second, but when we come back, I'm really excited to tell everybody about your three top tips to virtually wipe out 75% of behavioral problems. So really excited about that one. (laughs) Oh, and it works. And if it works, all the better. (laughs) It does work. (laughs) We'll be right back. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraisemillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. 
Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Mobile is the future, and the future is now. Listen in each week, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 Central, to Brilliant Mobile Marketing with your host, Mobile Mary, as we simplify the hottest marketing channel, Mobile Marketing, and share secrets on how you can use mobile to be more brilliant, be more profitable, and have more fun in your industry. Join us each week to learn from brilliant business leaders on how to simply and easily capture a list of raving fans and turn them into loyal customers. This show will help business owners, authors, and speakers realize their own brilliance by tapping into the insights of fellow brilliant business leaders. We will also showcase brilliant tools, both traditional and digital, that will make you more brilliant in everything you do. Don't miss your date with Brilliant Mobile Marketing and your host, Mobile Mary, America's mobile marketing expert, as she shares her success strategies every Tuesday from 4 to 5 Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is Tara Kennedy Klein, and I am uh, talking with a friend here, Maria Maranakis, and she has a website called 10-Minute Parenting, which I'm sure all of us are completely excited about. <laughs> and before the break, <laughs> right, Maria? Oh, my gosh, everybody Absolutely. wants to see Karen in 10 minutes. <laughs> before the break, we were um, chatting about how we can use simple tasks throughout our day to build connections with our kids. And um, one of the things that you talk about is is your three top tips to wipe out 75% of behavior problems. And as a mom of a kid with Asperger's syndrome, um, behavior problems are huge for me. You know, Mm -hmm. I have one child who's neurotypical and absolutely completely compliant and wants to make me happy all the time, and I'm really glad that I had him first. (laughs) Um, and then, and then I have my, my autistic son who challenges me pretty much on a, you know, minute to minute basis. So Mm -hmm. I would love to hear what your three top tips are to help me out. (laughs) Well, our three, well, we talked a little bit about the one and anybody who's ever been to any of my seminars, I'm always preaching that relationships are everything and attachment is everything. Um, so building relationships and it doesn't mean you have to sit for hours on end playing and, and like I say, it's awesome if you can do that, but incorporating connection, incorporating talking and laughing and, and playing and, and connecting through, through touch and playfulness, um, is the best thing that you can do. Uh, so relationships are one leg of that. Um, the other part of that is structure and I don't mean, you know, you have to be like a U.S. Marine or anything. 
um, with a bugle call or anything like that. <laughs> but but having a basic structure because even we as adults we uh, respond better when we know what's coming up ahead in our day, right? Uh, we've all had those days where you think it's going to go one way and then one thing after another goes wrong and you're all stressed out and discombobulated. Um, kids are the same way. So the more they know what to expect, the better. And there's some techniques we can talk about um, to really get your structure down in a way that um, that kids will respond to it in a positive way. So it doesn't always have to be, you know, when I say structure, it doesn't sound very sexy, you know. Um, uh, it doesn't sound like a fun topic to talk about, but it can be, um, and I can give you some tips on that. And then the last thing, which I think really is the first thing um, that you want to talk about, is sleep. And um, even we as adults don't get enough sleep. And uh, these kiddos, I'm telling you, I was in a um, preschool yesterday, and of course I'm out in fabulous Las Vegas, and I happened to be at a preschool connected to one of our large hotels here uh, for their employees. And um, and all of these kids, I was like, these babies need sleep. They don't need oh whatever God. intervention. These babies need to get some sleep at night. That's what it is. They're all eye rubbing and yawning and cranky. And um, I mean, think of us as grown ups. But we have our coping mechanisms as as grown ups. You know, we we hit up the uh, coffee, the Red Bull, the you know. Uh, for me, it's the bowl of mashed potatoes that helps me. <laughs> That's my drug of choice. You know. But, um, <laughs> it all breaks down into simple sugars. That's all. You know, you get that serotonin high. But, uh, you know, we have our little coping mechanisms, and the, and our little people, they don't have that, you know. So um, so when they're stressed out, it comes out in their behaviors and, and emotional meltdowns. So I'm not sure what you want to um, attack first and um, what well, – yeah. I'm I am a huge person about sleep. Mm-hmm. For, me, <laughs> for me that's one of the things that we don't teach enough of. I think that our kids we we have this mentality today that we always have to be going 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 going. Yes. And I'm, my husband tells me all the time that if Asperger's were as diagnosed when he was a child as it is today, he would have been diagnosed with it because he's like an energizer bunny. And he's one of those people who he gets infuriated if he sees someone taking downtime. Mm-hmm. But for him, you should be doing something with your free time all the time. And I'm one of those, like, if it's Sunday, it's raining in Pennsylvania today. Uh-huh. It's a gloomy, gloomy day. I could be in bed right now and have no problem with it. <laughs> Snuggled up, feeling good, yeah. Yup, with a nice cup of tea, watching the tube, and at, my husband would flip a gasket mm. if he would walk in and see someone at 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning under the covers all snuggled, snuggled up, unless mm-hmm. you're, like, sick as heck. So... Well, yeah, and you know, also all of us vibrate at different frequencies. That's kind of my tagline. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I'm on the go, I, I tend to be a pretty much a type A person, and uh, so I'm on the go. But I also need rest, and I, I realize that the older that I'm getting, um, I seriously need rest. Um, but the thing is, they did a study uh, some years ago through uh, the Head Start programs, and they took 200 families, and the only thing
thing that they changed. They didn't do any other intervention whatsoever um, besides get kids the proper amount of sleep. And would you believe, I sound like get smart, would you believe that 50% (laughs) (laughs) um, for you youngsters out there, just Google it. uh, (laughs) I realize I need to watch like new TV so I have more current references. But um, yes, grew up on get smart. Loved it. Um, 50% of all um, behavior problems just vanish just by getting enough sleep. And so normally when I'm doing parenting classes, I I try and get that buy-in. I'm like, who here wants 50% of their behavioral issues to be gone? And, of course, everybody's like, yes. And and then when I tell them it's the sleep thing, then they they're just like oh they're just not as excited and and so here here's the thing because a lot of people think that their kids are getting sleep and this is exactly a conversation I had with a parent with a dad yesterday and he says oh yes you know he's we're talking about a three year old now three year olds should get um, probably about eleven to twelve hours of uninterrupted sleep at night and then um, and then night. maybe. That's at night, okay? Yeah. And and most people will say, oh, yeah, my kid sleeps fine. Why? Because they zonk out and they sleep through the night. Um, but here's the Jedi mind trick that I do. I'm like, okay, let's kind of work backwards and see what time do you wake your child up to get to preschool or to school or whatever. And um, and for this uh, gentleman, he said, you know, well, I, I'm starting at 6, so, you know, the latest would be like 5, 5.30 that he's up. So this little guy is waking up at 5 a.m. So according to my little sleep chart, he should be his little booty in bed by between 5 and at the latest 7 o'clock. And, um, and so what time do you think he actually goes to sleep? Dad tells me 8.30 if he's lucky. So he's already sleep deprived. And, and then he tells me, well, he's an early riser, you know. But yet, here in my observation, I'm like, I'm looking at him right now. He's rubbing his eyes. He's looking cranky. He's So we get back into the classroom, and Dad leaves. And uh, the little guy has a little meltdown. And, uh, you know, one of the issues was that the um, the center providers, the teachers, were giving him a lot of attention for negative behavior. And I was like, just let mm-hmm. him go. And uh, and do you know what he did? He crawled up. Uh, he stood up and laid his body across the table and fell asleep like that. So standing up. <laughs> well, oh leaning on the table, like his torso was on the table and his legs. You know, he had been standing, but he just passed out. And I'm like, this kid needs some sleep, you know. And and so many times I'll get called in and people want diagnoses, you know. They oh this kid has, you know, he's on the autism spectrum, he's on this, he's on that. I'm like, no, the kid needs some sleep. And then we can figure out um, if anything else is going on. And that is the simplest thing. And so I always tell parents, you know, figure out the amount of sleep. And I have a little chart that um, if your folks want to email me through the site or hit me up on Facebook or whatever, I'll be happy. I'll be sharing those things. Um, we're just switching over the website now, so uh, a lot of things are okay. not functioning properly. Isn't that great timing? Better. But uh, but anyway, um, you know, so if your child needs to really be in bed by 7, and see, here's the thing. Um, the kid is in, in preschool from 5.30 until, or, uh, yeah, 5.30 in the morning, 5, 5.30, until, um, or what time did he say? 3 in the afternoon. 
And so sure. then dad's technique is to, you know, tire him out. And I'm like, well, he's already tired. Oh, my gosh, he's already exhausted. So, so basically right. you're giving him a second wind. Right. So <laughs> so he's taking him to swimming and to the park and to, you know, whatever. And then um, and then they have errands to run. So, so this is the thing I get, and I, I get it, trust me, that we have lives, you know, because if we're thinking your child needs to be to bed by 7, most parents, we're not even home by that time, or you're home, but you haven't eaten, you haven't done baths, you haven't prepared for the next day. You haven't had a chance to sit down and take a breath. And so I always recommend just kind of backing it up, like say your child's going to bed at 8.30 or 9, back it up to 8.45 for a week. Um, Back it up to 8.30. And and a lot of times parents will say, oh, but he's not tired at that time, right? Uh, Yes, he's probably overtired at that time. So, you know, who of us can sleep on command, you you know, unless we're being hypnotized. You know, I can't say, Tara, go to sleep right now, you know, and you're going to pass out. you could with me, but. (laughs) (laughs) For the average person, that's not working. So so I always say, you know, just at least get them to bed and, you know, and they just enjoy quiet time. No TV, no nothing. I had a parent uh, this weekend tell me, well, I keep the TV on because I figured that'll relax him to go to sleep, but then he doesn't go to sleep. And I'm thinking, well, duh, hello. You know, even us, if you've ever fallen asleep to the TV, we might sleep, but it's not a restful sleep. That light keeps us up. It's activating to our brains um, Mm -hmm. to have light and sound and all of these things. So you're not doing your child a favor by letting them fall asleep in front of the the television because even though they're passed out, they're not getting necessarily a, a restful sleep. And and then right. the other way I sell this to parents and especially the dads Actually, normally buy Maria, in. can you? Yeah, I know we are going to have to go to commercial. Go. Can you believe go, it? Go, go. We're going to talk about <laughs> it when we come back. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. Time is it? It's MILF and Cookies time! Join the rowdy and fun world of Shannon and Amy, two moms I'd like to Facebook, and catch a glimpse of these two best friends as they enjoy their MILF status and devise ways to keep it. They, along with their special guests, will happily reveal their best-kept secrets on how to feel beautiful from the inside out. Some of the fun segments include Happy Hour with Skinny Girl Margaritas, Confessions of a Bad Eater, Making Your Own Money is So Hot, Tips for TV or milk status. And don't forget the cookies. We're still moms after all. And best friends are like a good brawl. They never leave you hanging. Shannon represents the ladies in their 40s and is also a woman who came into her cool status late in life after a good long run with a glee club. Amy, on the other hand, is walking the 30 set and as a high school cheerleader has pretty much been cool her whole life. Hook up with hosts Shannon and Amy every Thursday evening at 9 p.m. Central for Milk and Cookies. You're on the Rockstar Radio Network. What's What's ideal for you? Really, what's ideal for you? Being who you are, doing what you love, and getting out and about with friends. What's ideal for you? 
with your host, Janice Christopher. Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. And it all starts with Janice doing just that. Then being open, curious, authentic, and living her life on a quest to discover everything that could possibly make life ideal. Check out the website, whatsidealforyou.com. Studies have shown that 80% of Americans, and probably everyone else too, dislike their work. 80%. The mission then is to turn that passion statistic around. To show how it is possible to live your passions and make a living. Or live your passions so that you'll be able to mush through your job until you can change it. And watch life's magic begin to happen. It's What's Ideal for You with your host, Janice Christopher. Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be talking with Maria Maranakis from the 10-Minute Parent, or 10-Minute Parenting, right, Maria? Mm-hmm. It's www.10minuteparenting.com. Um, I definitely want everybody out there to be able to, um, you know, connect with you if because you're going to be putting some stuff up after the show. Oh, yeah. Um, but... I we were talking about my favorite favorite subject in the whole wide world, which is sleep. So um, I there were so many questions that I wanted to ask you before we went to the break, and I know that you were talking about how like three year olds, you know, we talk about the terrible twos and the you know terrible or threes now. Two isn't even that bad. Now three is the bad age, um, <laughs> according to – it's crazy. Um, but what you're suggesting is that 50% of that is probably sleep deprivation. I, I, would, I would take a gamble to say that because I see it every day. I see it every day. Oh, part of what I do is I go into preschools and Head Start programs, and I do observations on kids that have, you know, maybe some behavioral issues or whatever else going on. And so many times it's like, you know, I can't even begin to assess a behavioral issue until the kid gets sleep. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I, 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 I um, observed it was a, he was two and a half, adorable little guy. And um, the mom, you know, was concerned that there might be autism, you know, because that kind of ran in the family. She didn't know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I go and I see this, this little kiddo and he is just cranky and he's following directions, but he's just like, <laughs> as he's like walking, completely following directions. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Um, not so cute over 40, but you know, uh, <laughs> so, but he's following directions. And then outside in the park, in the parking lot, outside in the playground, the other kids are playing and this little poor guy, he props himself up against the, the wall and passes out and falls asleep. Oh. So, I mean, I see this every day or even if they're not passing out, I'm seeing the yawn starting at like 10 o'clock, uh, 930, 10 o'clock. If your kid is yawning and eye rubbing and uh, they are not getting enough sleep. Get those babies some sleep now and yourself too. <laughs> exactly. It's and, so true. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a question for you. Yeah. I mentioned uh, that my son is on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, he has 
a, a horrible time falling asleep. Mm-hmm. So I have two questions for you. First question is, you said that you have a chart that you're going to be putting up for people to show them the age and how much sleep sh- they should be getting. Mm-hmm. I'll be doing my, that on the blog. Yeah. Okay. So my son is 11 years old. Intellectually, he's 145 IQ. However, mm-hmm. socially and behaviorally, he's mm-hmm. the level of a five or a six-year-old. So right. with that in mind, should he be getting the same amount of sleep as a five or a six-year-old? Um, no, because, I mean, physically, he's he's older, so I'm looking at my little chart right now, and at 11, we're looking at about nine and a half hours, so anywhere between that, and it wouldn't hurt to get a little bit more. Okay. But the thing is, is to make um, make sleep a nice routine. You know, instead, in in so many households, it's almost like a punishment to go to sleep. It seems mm-hmm. like, and where when we get to be adults, it's just so amazing. You know, to go, be able to go to sleep. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why soothing. I ever fought a nap. It was ridiculous of me. Exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, I'm Greek. When last time I visited, I we do the siesta thing. It is so amazing. You just feel so good, I'm telling you, all day long. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we should do something uh, here to incorporate naps. But, um, yeah, having a soothing routine at, at night. You know, you can't be playing uh, Power Rangers or whatever is the latest thing and then expect a kid to be able to just, you know, calm down and go to sleep. So, you know, about an hour or so before uh, bedtime, I would, like, no TV, no, you know, hey, we're doing quiet activities. Um, it's nice to have, I don't know, some people have their kids take a bath at night. That's really nice because it helps to calm you, a nice warm bath. Um, maybe some books, quiet activities, um, no gadgetry, no uh, DS and whatever else, we and all of this other craziness because that activates your brain. Um, yeah. it, and we as adults, I noticed it in myself because I'm a Facebook junkie. So I have the phone and I'll be exhausted, like ready to go to sleep. And I'm like, oh, let me just check one more time. And then before you know it, then I'm wide awake again and I'm not sleeping. So, I mean, come on, heal thyself here. It's true. Uh, I lay off the Facebook, lay off whatever else. Exactly. And when you're checking emails, I think it's a wonderful experiment for us to do as adults to see mm-hmm. how that really does affect our kids. Because my son is a huge reader. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, you know, the the Kindles and mm-hmm. all of that type of stuff are perfect because it's not as much, it doesn't take up as much space in the house. I, the kid literally will read three chapter books in a week. Mm. So we were going through a lot of books. He read 43 books in one summer. So we got him the Kindle. And what we thought, why in the world is this kid staying up till 2 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. reading? It's not normal. It's yeah. because of the light from the screen. The backlight, yeah. We didn't even realize it. That. activates you... our brain. <laughs> that is an amazing fact. Yeah. So having, you know, a couple of go-to uh, paper books, old-school books, I don't know what we're going to call those in a while, if they'll be obsolete. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, having a couple of go-to things that, we, you know, uh, stories or something that he likes that he can just, you know, read a little bit and then lights out, you mm-hmm. know, as minimal light as possible, a nice cool room because we can't sleep when we're, like, hot. 
and um, you know whatever is is soothing, be it a blanket, a toy, something. And and you know again the rule can't be uh, you have to go to sleep. It's like well you know it's just quiet time you know because they might even fight you on that and say I'm not tired. It's okay you know mm-hmm. we'll just have quiet time until you fall asleep. That's all. Exactly. We've always and called I, it that. It's and it's yeah. it's so much more. It really is so much more relaxing because not only does it take away the the whole concept of like putting your kid on a shelf because I know a lot mm-hmm. of parents don't they don't like the routine of putting their baby to bed because it's kind of like you know out of sight and mm-hmm. that makes them uncomfortable so you start that whole process of not wanting to put them to bed from the time they're little little you mm-hmm. want to sit there and cuddle with them and let them fall asleep on your chest right. and then you start that whole habit right but, but that, whose need is that um, exactly. sufficing, you know, that, that's exactly. you. And it's all great when they're itty-bitty, and then, you know, you're wanting to, like, maybe have a relationship or something with your um, significant other, and oh my, that gets concept. old real quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you can't get them out of the bed. And and so you're, also you do a disservice to the child. You know, we can look at it on, on a variety of, of levels, because when, when I look at mental health, there's three things. One is the child's um, ability, and this applies to grown-ups too, the ability to express and, um, you know, deal with emotions, you know, positive and negative. Um, Secondly, the ability to have close relationships uh, with adults as well as kids. And then the third, the ability to, you know, learn, explore and learn from your environment. And so in regulating our moods and emotions, um, part of that is learning to self-soothe. And of course, a brand new infant is relying mostly on us, but they do have some self-soothing capabilities. I mean, they can't smoke a cigarette, take a drive around the block, or call a friend. However, (laughs) they have the ability to suck. So that's why a pacifier works. That's why sticking the bottle works. Um, They also have the ability to block out stress by falling asleep. So that's why you go to a restaurant and you see like the little itty-bitty babies and they're zonked out. And everybody says, oh, look how good your baby is out at a restaurant. It's like, it's not that they're being good. It's like they're blocking out the stress of noise and light and activity and, you know, people walking around and all of this stuff. Um, But then, yeah, as we grow, we lose some of that. So, you know, the best thing you can do is have a positive relationship with your child, and that helps them to learn how to regulate their moods and emotions. That's huge when you get to school Um, because if you're the kid who's having the meltdowns all the time, you know, guess what? Then you become that kid that nobody wants to hang around with, right? Even Mm -hmm. us as adults, we... Everybody has experienced that friend that, you know, they have a hangnail and they got to call and cry about it for four hours, right? And and if you don't have that friend, it could be you, you know. So. Oh, no. <laughs> I tell people. But, but I mean, that that's huge, and that's huge for social interaction and, and the whole gamut. So if you look at it as, hey, I'm teaching my child to self-soothe, so that's part of the growing process and development process. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the out of sight thing, hey, you know, hopefully, even if it's only a short amount of time by the time you get home and then they have to go to sleep, um, you're doing the 10-minute parenting stuff. You're including them in the whatever we're doing, whether it's doing laundry or preparing a meal or setting the table or cleaning up or whatever. And then you have some little, you know, connection time as they're falling asleep. And guess what? Then you have a little bit of time to have a life before you're zonked out. 
And, you know, this is how I always sell it on dads. And I say, you know, you you as a couple, if you are a couple, you need to have some grown-up time. And, of course, dads interpret that in one way. Mm -hmm, Exactly. (laughs) Which is great. I'm like, if I can get your buy-in that way, that's awesome. Um, But, yeah, (laughs) think about it. Um, And and how amorous are you feeling when you're exhausted? You know, um, you're not. So you have that quiet time that not just for a physical relationship, but also for an emotionally intimate relationship with your spouse where you can connect and not just talk about the kids, but, you know, remember the old days when you guys were just dating and talking about your dreams and your plans and or just joking around and having a good time. Um, so having that time to connect with your spouse, I mean, there's nothing better because then you're modeling a positive adult relationship for your children. Mm-hmm. Well. And I do. The, that's one thing that we started with our kids early on was to let them know that mommy and daddy need time together too. Yeah, you know, and it's not that we're going into a whole talk about inappropriate behavior in front of our kids. Mm-hmm. We're just telling them, you know, I love spending time with you, and I love spending time just talking to daddy. And mm-hmm. that's our that's our mommy and daddy time, there and the kids go. get that. So yeah. I think there's a lot of really important things to remember. Um, getting uh, most importantly, I think that not all of the problems that you're seeing are because your kid is misbehaving, but maybe they just need to get a lot more sleep. Yeah, so. and it's not necessarily. It, look, when we talk about mental health issues, oh, let's going to talk break. about that when we come yeah. back. Yes. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. Friday Nightcap Radio, 10 p.m. to midnight with Christy and Laura on Toginet.com. Broadcasting from their scrappy kitchen in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. They've got nothing better to do than riff with their favorite Brooklyn-based independent vendors, artists, bands, bartenders, foodies, weirdos, and news stories. Featuring the live studio audience. Betty Rehab and the Gaybors. Sex and dating commentary with the impersonal, the unknown political masked man, and people who kind of know stuff. Stream on after your long week. Brooklyn's variety show of madcap intellectualism. Friday Nightcap Radio with Lauren Christie, 10 to midnight Eastern on Toginet.com. Radio like you've never seen. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. 
From there, you can also get to our other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we are talking with Maria Maranakis of 10MinuteParenting.com, and this has just been such a quick show, Maria. I can't even believe it. Um, talking about one of my favorite topics, which is sleep, and also talking about um, eliminating behavioral problems. And I know that we talked in the beginning of the show about the relationship part of that, of your, your three-part, mm-hmm. three-pronged attack. So it's... Right. Um, we, and we talked about that a little bit, too, in the sleep part. And I know the one thing that you wanted to talk about, you said you were going to give us some tick, tips on structure. Yes. And um, and when we finished up um, earlier, the, there was just one point I wanted to make because we were talking about how sleep and crankiness and, and also it, it can feed into this lack of structure and maybe a chaotic home environment. Um, when we're looking at mental health issues on kids, there's about 12 very common um, disorders, if you will, or problems that kids have generally, and they all have the same four to six common signs and symptoms. So, and guess what? They all relate to oh, um, no. and Not could be <laughs> and could and, no well it could be part of the problem but they could be mistaken for each other and and one of the the common issues is a sleep disorder so um, so that's the thing it's like we need to make sure we rule out medical issues genetic issues um, environmental factors like sleep and like structure and uh, I was saying you know at the top of the hour you know structure does not sound sexy when we say oh, yeah, I need to be more structured because who, who's like, sign me up for that? Um, <laughs> but here's how structure can be sexy, and the idea is that if you have at least a basic structure for kids, then you don't have to continually uh, repeat yourself and, and, you know, be nagging. Who wants to be that nag, you know, right. um, to constantly be repeating direction? I told you to do this. Nah, 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 nah. Um, and one of the new techniques that we're using, not just in schools but also in homes, is visual strategies. And what that, that's just a fancy term uh, for basically a picture schedule. And so just like we have, I cannot live without, I have my old school paper calendar because I have to see it all right there. Um, but kids uh, respond, of course, to pictures. And so let's say there's a routine that's giving you a especially some issues. It might be the bedtime routine. It might be the morning, getting out of the house, um, dinner time, whatever, whatever is your tough time uh, of the day. 
I would um, sit down and make a list of, you know, what are the steps that, that you want your child to take? If it's morning time and what do they have to do? They have to get up, wash their face, brush their teeth, get dressed, have breakfast maybe. I don't know. That's one example. Mm-hmm. So I would actually take pictures of, of your child doing those things and um, and then put them in order and you review that. You review that even the night before. And so they just, you can have it up on a wall at their eye level so they can see, oh, what am I doing next? Um, or you can even put it like in a loose leaf binder or something and use like those sheet protectors and mm-hmm. have it in a little sequence. Um, I'm going to give you another uh, website uh, where you can get this stuff and download it, and I'm also going to post it on my blog, uh, but that is challengingbehavior.org, as if it's one behavior, challengingbehavior.org, and you will scroll down to the bottom and uh, click through Tucker Turtle, and they have all kinds of PDFs of um, resources and things, but um, I'll give it to you step-by-step step on the, uh, the website blog. So you go to 10-Minute Parenting. Yeah, go to 10MinuteParenting.com, click through to the blog, and I will have that up no later than um, the end of the week. So um, we're working, like I said, on on switching some things over. That's fantastic. uh, Yeah. I can see parents doing something. We have something like that in our journaling process Mm -hmm. in Stop Raising Einstein where we will have children say, okay, what are the – what are the four most important things I have to do to get out the door in the morning for school? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I first went through it, it's hysterical because my son had 12 things that he wanted to do every morning, <laughs> you know. Um, but we, we, we were able to narrow it down. And then what we did was we went out and bought one of those dry erase boards that's backlit. Mm-hmm. Oh, and nice. Plugged, yeah, and it's it's so cool because we wrote the four things that he needs to do on this this backlit dry erase board, and we put it on a timer. So now mm-hmm. at six thirty in the morning, his light goes on, and it tells him right there on that dry erase board what's the first thing I have to do. You know, mm-hmm. brush my teeth, get dressed, eat breakfast, get my book bag. Mm-hmm. And, awesome. Yeah, and it's worked really, really well. So I love that. I love the picture thing, too, because I can see parents cutting out pictures, even doing that with your kid. Yeah. I mean, you can cut out pictures from a magazine, but I find that kids like to see themselves, you know, and identify with themselves. So if you can do pictures and, you know, print them out or, you know, whatever, that works. Or just stick them on the bathroom mirror. (laughs) Whichever way. And and if you've been to any preschool lately, you'll see that they have the hand-washing routine at just about every one. And when I first saw this, I was like, seriously, are kids really looking at this? And I can't tell you, I see it every day where kids are like, okay, the soap. And then, then they refer back to the – can you imagine being a preschool teacher and you've got, like, let's say 18 kids uh, to two teachers and you're hand-washing, what, four times a day minimum and sitting there repeating yourself 18 times times four, you know, okay, use the soap. All right, rinse your hands. Okay, get the towel. I mean, mm-hmm. you'd be bonkers by the end of the day. So it's a great way to not have to nag, and and kids love it, and it gives them a sense of accomplishment, and then you acknowledge uh, on top of it that, hey, you did it all by yourself. Check it out, you know? Wow. So, so yeah, the structure can be sexy. Let me ask you, I I love that, and we are, like, hugely, well, you can imagine, you know, with with you know an Aspergian and my husband in that same house, <laughs> we we have tremendous amounts of structure. But let me ask you a question. Yeah. The other thing that we have is 
we allow mistakes mm-hmm. without losing our minds. And sure. so many par- parents that I talk to today micromanage themselves into their own stress. Mm. Yes. So if your kid doesn't wash their hands one time, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Exactly. Or, you know, if they only brush their teeth for 20 seconds instead of, you know, they have toothbrushes with music that plays for as right. long as they're supposed to brush teeth. I could never brush my teeth for that long. That would make me insane. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. Right. Well, and, and the thing is, what's the long-term effect of that, you know? And I, I call it picking your battles, like, is it going to be, gosh, I had one uh, parent, the kid wanted to wear something to bed. I, I don't even remember, was a hat or a mask or something. And I was like, well, the kid can breathe through it, right? Uh, what's the worst that's going to happen? He's going to get hot and sweaty. He's going to take it off anyway. So mm-hmm. you can make a big deal out of something like that. And and the thing is, maybe that is a deal breaker for you. I don't know. But it's like uh, kids have to have some freedom as, as well, you know, to make choices. So if you're going to say no, at least give a choice of maybe two other things that they can do. Uh, like, for instance, getting, you know, getting into the car, you know, to start our day, that's not an option. We're going, right? right. <laughs> but you have a choice, and this is something I, I love to do, especially in preschools, and, and parents love this when they see how well it works. Um, and I, I say, you know, you can walk, walk on your own, or you can, you know, walk like your favorite animal, or um, there was one kid at, at a preschool I was working with, and he wasn't going inside out of the playground and so the teacher would chase him around and you know it's like chasing a chicken you're never going to catch a a three-year-old trust me Mm -hmm. Um, but I noticed he loved playing monsters and so I just said hey I'm going to walk back to the classroom but like a monster I bet you can't be as scary as I am right and so instead of concentrating on hey I'm going to fight you on walking in he's like I'm going to be a scarier monster than you and then we get inside and you know the door closed and he looks at me like, man, you got me. Darn it. <laughs> but darn, that was fun. But you know? yes, <laughs> uh, you know, so who says you have to walk orderly? You know, we can be monsters. We can walk like a chicken. We can hop like a kangaroo, whatever. You know, the deal is following directions. And, and why does following directions have to be not fun? It can be fun. You know? Exactly. I think so, so many parents today are more focused on the control mm-hmm. than they are the result. Yeah, and I think the misconception is like, oh, well, you know, if I bend on this, then, you know, I can't, then what? He's going to be mm-hmm. fighting me on everything. Or the other misconception that it, it can't be fun to follow directions, you know. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, what's the big deal? Or or they have to follow directions in silence and like it. Um, how fun yeah. is that? How Do we want to do that on a job? I mean, shoot me now, really? Absolutely. That's so true. You know, my son just said that to me last night because they can't get him to go to his classes and engage. First of all, he's bored. Um, Mm -hmm. Second thing is he... um, he says, Mom, it's so much more fun to bring the classwork home and do it here with you. Yeah, it's great for you. It's not so great for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? So what, what is the harm in making the stuff that you're teaching them anyway fun? Exactly. 
And so. it makes it more fun for you, too. And and think of how we operate in the real world. We're not islands in the real world. When you're on a job, you're having to work in teams. You're working with other people. Mm-hmm. So, And we don't all learn the same way, which is why I love your whole, you know, stop raising Einstein concept, because <laughs> we are different kinds of learners. And so if, if you like to sit there for hours on end and listen to a talking head, that's great. Uh, and you can relate to that. That's wonderful. But if you learn in, in a different manner, doesn't mean you're any less intelligent. You might be even more intelligent. It's just you process things uh, in a different way. And like I say, we vibrate at different frequencies. So I love that. I yeah. love that. Maria, our time together is yeah. almost up. And thank you so much for leaving us with thank the you. statement that you did. Because I really, you know, I think what it all boils down to is exactly what you said. You know, we all mm-hmm. vibrate at different frequencies and we all learn in unique ways. And I think our job as parents is more about getting to know our kid and allowing mm-hmm. our kid to get to know us than trying to create what they're going to be. Absolutely. So, we always end our show with a quote, um, but I want to make sure that everybody has your website, www.10minuteparenting.com. Mm-hmm. And I had so much fun with you, and I hope that I everybody checks out. <laughs> Definitely get in touch with um, us on Facebook, Stop Raising Einstein on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And the quote that I want to leave with you all with today is by Carl Jung. And it's, if there's anything we wish to change in the child, we should first examine it and see whether it is not something we could better change in ourselves. Have a great week, everybody, and live life on the level you're at. Love unconditionally, give freely, laugh openly, learn daily, grow immensely. And, of course, listen to the show every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network.